On Monday afternoon, Caleb Williams officially entered the transfer portal. If you followed Williams' behavior at the conclusion of the Alamo Bowl last week, this should not come as a shock. After Lincoln Riley left for USC a little over a month ago, it felt like OU had done a remarkable job weathering the storm, losing only three players that everybody figured would be playing in the NFL in 2022 anyways. With the Williams announcement on Monday, it's looking like that storm may have merely been delayed. This is definitely uncharted territory for OU and really for college football in general. As the sport has changed dramatically over the last two decades, OU has been blessed with uncommon program stability, from the head coach through the administration. They've also been blessed with uncommon stability at the most important position in sports over those decades as well. Heading into 2022, OU will be facing uncertainty in both of these areas for the first time in my OU fandom memory. It's extremely important that OU gets this particular moment in time correct. Over the next couple of months, OU needs to be able to stack good decisions on top of each other. Otherwise, it's very realistic they could be heading into the SEC at their lowest point in two decades in terms of wins and losses. With that in mind, it sure is unfortunate that Caleb Williams' process is making it much more difficult for Oklahoma to move on and do what they need to do to set themselves up for future success. Caleb Williams is very clearly doing what he thinks is best for him, and more power to him. I know your cast is a pariah these days if you do anything other than happily praise every decision every college athlete makes, but make no mistake, Caleb Williams has screwed over Oklahoma in this, and you don't have to be thrilled about that. In a move that clearly signals to the rest of college football that Caleb Williams has OU by the balls, the university's administration released an embarrassing statement upon the portal news, saying essentially that OU is going to continue to recruit Williams and make sure that NIL is part of that. This comes nearly a month after Bob Stoops calmed the waters with his no one person is bigger than Oklahoma rhetoric. Well, it appears, by judging by this statement, that may have just been sloganeering. Oh well, I guess. Let me say the obvious thing that I assume everyone feels and knows to be true, even if they can't bring themselves to fully admit it quite yet. Caleb Williams will not be playing at Oklahoma in 2022. He is not giving Oklahoma a chance to retain his services, because that chance has already come and gone. He is entering the transfer portal because he does not want to be at Oklahoma. If he wanted to be at Oklahoma... All of this would have played out in the exact opposite way. Brent Venables and his staff need to move on right now. Kayla Williams has already decided he won't be Oklahoma's quarterback next season, even if he won't say it directly. His actions, in this instance, are speaking very loud and very clear. He's not going to be at OU. I'm Grant Benson. This is West of Everest. Well, I guess we all should have seen this one coming. Caleb Williams announced Monday that he is in the transfer portal, or I think more precisely that he is going to enter the transfer portal. But Oklahoma is still, quote, definitely a possibility for Caleb Williams, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, even though Grant does not seem to think that is the case. While that news is not great, the Sooners did get some good news today. Reports are out that Clemson assistant head coach slash defensive tackles coach slash recruiting coordinator Todd Bates will be heading to Oklahoma to join Brent Venable's staff. ESPN's Chris Lowe reports that Bates will be Oklahoma's co-defensive coordinator. This is huge for Oklahoma, especially after a few weeks ago, Clemson made Bates assistant head coach and gave him a pay raise. At that time, I remember coming onto the podcast and saying that it looked like Todd Bates was off the table for Oklahoma, but it appears that that is not true. And also, according to Matt Zinitz of On3 Sports, OU is expected to hire Alabama cornerbacks coach Jay Valai. Valai has only been at Alabama for this one season. He's previously coached at Texas, Rutgers, and with the Chiefs in the NFL, and he was also on the Georgia defensive staff when the Bulldogs beat Oklahoma back in the Rose Bowl a couple years ago, or I guess she's four years ago now. So that's all the news out there. Also, Oklahoma got a uh, got another commitment, got another uh, guy signing his NIL, or no, in 
NLI, yeah, NLI, National Letter of Intent, uh, I think yesterday, uh, a running back that we've talked about before on this podcast briefly. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. So uh, some bad news, but also some good news in this new year. Happy New Year, our first podcast of 2022. I guess you could call this one an emergency podcast because we weren't planning on doing a show today. And joining me as always is a man who is, I mean, he is just counting down the hours until the OU men's basketball team plays number one Baylor on Tuesday. That guy, of course, is Grant Benson. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've totally moved on. I'm not an OU football fan anymore. It's all about Porter Moser <laughs> and, uh, and his band of merry basketball players. You're right. I'm super fired up for them to lose by 20 to Baylor on Tuesday night. This is, this is great. Caleb Williams has just destroyed Grant's uh, love of just everything, not just football, but you know, like small, small puppies, uh, ice cream, um, Mexican food, chips. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The other two things were correct, but you went a little too far with Mexican food. <laughs> I mean, you're just, uh, you're in a tailspin, man. I mean, the whole world's coming to an end at this point. Caleb Williams, as far as you're concerned, Caleb Williams is out the door. He might as well already be at, uh, let's see, what are the, what are the potential suitors? Uh, USC um uh, let's see uh maryland uh miami georgia uh heck um heck let's just throw Michigan, alabama and ohio state Penn there while state, we're at maybe. it you know heck maybe the nfl maybe he'll just take the next couple of years off and just go to the nfl and just you know sit a couple of years out okay so in case you all haven't seen the uh the caleb williams post on twitter I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the most important part. The most important part of it says this, quote, I think we all come to college to find our own path and prepare for the future. I came to Oklahoma with a game plan, but with all of the recent changes, I need to figure out what is the right path for me moving forward. According to NCAA rules, as a student athlete, the only way I can speak with other schools and see who may offer the best preparation and development for my future career is by entering the portal. Staying at Oklahoma will definitely be an option as I begin this process, end quote. So there you have it. Caleb Williams is in the portal, or I guess he's uh, he's entering the portal. And I, I looked at the, uh, the Rivals Transfer Portal Twitter account like an hour and a half ago, and I think they tweeted that he technically is not officially in it yet, but obviously he's going to it. Uh, and uh, your opening take, you're, um, you know, he, he's gone. And um, basically, I think you're going to become, uh, what, like a, an Iowa State fan now, or, or what about Texas? Are you going to be a Texas fan? What do you? Uh, are, are you a free agent like Caleb Williams apparently is? I mean, at least I'm a fan, and like I actually care. Unlike people who are just like, eh, it'll work out, whatever, no big deal. Which, like, I just, I, I, why even come on and give your opinion if that's your opinion? Like, why are you even a fan if that's your opinion? Why have an opinion that's not the sky is falling? That's your take. Well, I just, I guess I don't understand. It's just, it's, it's extremely dispassionate. And I thought that's what, a, that's what being a fan is, is being passionate. Like, it's like if, well, that's what Colin, the old Colin Coward line, you know, fan is short for fanatic. Sure. But, you know, we take pride in West of Everest of being supporters of Oklahoma football by not being crazy fanatics, by being rational people who can break down football. And other I, things. I, I guess I don't really. But no, I guess to me, it's just it's more of when you say that you're just making a statement about how you live your life. You're not saying anything relevant to the current state of affairs whatsoever. See, I, I, have, I struggle understanding your point of view here because the way it comes off to me and correct me if I'm wrong, is that the only take you can have here is that everything is going to be terrible. And if you don't think that, then your take is invalid. No, and I don't think, I think that. No, I don't think that. It's just the it's it's okay. it, it come it comes a lot with people being like, oh, calm down. We're Oklahoma. Things are going to be fine, and that's great. I I agree with. I agree in twenty thirty, OU is going to be OU. I I totally agree. I guess like it's just there's no part of anybody who is kind of embarrassed about this. Is kind of upset that Caleb Williams absolutely is holding the program hostage. Like that is that's just what's happening. And I know a lot of people uh, feel the same way you do. It just it just does not bother me as much considering everything that's happened. 
And, and by no, everything, that's I mean the thing. Lincoln Riley if, leaving. If this would have happened the day after Lincoln Riley left, okay, I totally understand. I get it. That's fine. Um, it's just his, I hate the faux sincerity. I hate the whole, I love you, Sooner Nation. I hate com- him completely wasting Oklahoma's time by playing in the Alamo Bowl, especially if there's a bunch of dudes who are going to follow him by entering the transfer portal. That was an entire month of time that OU could have been laying the groundwork and moving on for their next era of OU football. And Caleb Williams, whether or not it was deliberate or undeliberate, uh, or, or not deliberate, completely wasted their time and potentially are going to put them in an untenable position going forward, at least in the short term. So there, a couple of things, a lot of stuff there, actually. Uh, n- number one, I, I don't think it's up to Caleb Williams to take into account the Oklahoma program when it comes to yes. the fact that... When you, he, when you are going to come up and say how much you love Oklahoma, you love the Sooner fans, all of that stuff, and then, you, and then, you, and then these are your actions, that stuff rings totally hollow. I just hate that. Just be honest. If you want to leave, just leave. I guess, again, you're, you're convinced that he's gone, and I'm not. Yes, like, he doesn't. I'm, if he wanted to be at Oklahoma, he wouldn't be in the transfer portal. That's not necessarily true. That is, and yes, it is I true. If he wanted, if, what is today? Today is January 3rd, 2022. If today he wanted to be at Oklahoma, that's what he wanted, he would not be looking around. He would not be looking at other options. It's like to me. It's like it's, saying it's like it's like. Hey, let's say this. Let's say this. Let's say I have a girlfriend and I've been dating that girl for a year. And hey, you know she's great. We have a lot of fun using times. The girlfriend analogy, man. We have a lot of I, we, we have I a lot of fun times. It's great and everything. But ah, uh, you know, there's some things about her that I'm not really sure about. And she just had like a big thing in her life that is hard to deal with. And I'm not sure if I really want to deal with it. And I've started going on Tinder a lot. And I'm swiping left and right on Tinder and stuff like that. Do, would would. Would a third-party observer there say that I want to be with my girlfriend in that situation? You're doing your best Colin Cowherd impersonation right here, using the the analogies outside of sports. Well, I, I like know, it. but it's like it's, he's a human being. He's a human being, and like his his pattern of behavior is like pretty. It's pretty recognizable. <laughs> he's just like sure. Don't get me wrong. I, I I'm not saying that I'm sitting here thinking that. Uh, there's a like it's more likely than not he's coming back. I think based on what we know that if I had to bet right now, I'd say he's going to probably leave. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a done deal. It's over with. And a big reason for that is because everybody I've talked to that has some sort of inside communication with the Oklahoma program and in some cases maybe even knows the family uh, has has said the same thing, versions of the same thing that nobody really knows which way he's leaning. And I think that means one of two things. Best case scenario is that he's simply he's a teen, he's a, he's a teenager. He he wants to he wants to, to truly go out there and see what else is out there. But Oklahoma is still very much a landing spot for him because he just wants to kind of test the waters. Or worst case scenario, it's just that he's very good at keeping quiet and not tipping his hand that he wants to leave. I would just say and, everything yeah. that we know about this guy how calculated he is just going just following his recruiting how intentional he is in everything that he does i this is all i i refuse to believe all of this is not extremely carefully thought out and and like just this this whole I, everyone knows the whole bit about oop i have to enter the transfer portal to talk to other teams everyone knows that's bs everyone knows he's been talking to other teams whether or not it's direct or indirect it doesn't it's all the same thing like that that stuff yeah, I was is wondering just about like, that. I was not born yesterday. Yeah, okay. I I guess like for from your perspective, I think it's perfectly reasonable to have the stance you have and and think, "Oh, Williams is gone. It's time to move on." But I think in your opening take, you said that you think Oklahoma should do the same thing right now. But at this point, why would you send the message to Caleb Williams that, that you're not interested and you're moving on, which would effectively push him away, push him out the door? Because he's already out. He's gone already. Break up with him but first before he inevitably sure. breaks up with you. But they don't know that for sure, though. That's, 
the big deal. I mean, I, I would doesn't, expect that they Lee, know more about... He is not all bought in. And you just said all of the people that you've talked to who are close to the program have been saying the same thing, which means he hasn't verbally communicated anything to anybody. His actions have communicated okay. very loudly. Okay, yes, to you. And yeah, I, I get it. But I mean, Theo Weiss entered the portal. He came back to Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fair to say gone. that Theo Weiss is not Caleb Williams. Theo Weiss hasn't... Like Caleb Williams has had a has had a very consistent behavior pattern ever since he committed to OU. This guy, this guy sure. thinks oh. through everything. Either him or his parents or his his team, they think they think through everything very carefully, very carefully. That's fine. And yeah, I mean, if he ends up leaving, you're going to be able to sit here and say, "I told you he was gone. It was a waste of time to even talk about this." And that's fine. I, I just if you're Oklahoma. It, it makes no sense because you really don't know for sure if he's gone, and it makes no sense to just push him away and give that up is on not him. Tr- it makes all the uh, sense in the world because you have no official. idea what is going to, to be there in official. two weeks. Because in my mind, it's You don't know what's going to be there in two weeks. That, what's that? You don't know what is going to be there in two weeks or whenever he makes his decision. See, see I'm just, I, again, like, this is where we differ. I, I just don't think that's a big deal. I just have a feeling that, once this stuff gets resolved, people will come out of the woodwork, and there'll be people that'll be like, "Oh, there's a bunch of openings in Oklahoma." Okay, who? Cool. Who? What you think? Like a guy who is a starter currently at a Power Five team is going to be like, "Ooh, Oklahoma's open. I'm going to go there now." No, that's not going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. That's not going well, to. We happen. don't know. That's that's the unknown part. I mean, right now, Caleb Williams is still the quarterback at Oklahoma. Who's? I mean, how many people are wanting to you know waiting to see if he's going to be there or not? I don't know. How many people want to come and play for Jeff Lebby, who's had a couple of really good years coaching Matt Corral? There might be a lot of people out there. We don't know. So that's just why, like, in, until the dust settles, until they kind of get everything figured out and we're into the spring or something, and, like, we know the roster, it just, I refuse to jump into the camp of everything is terrible and horrible. And okay, uh, I'm not I mean, saying everything is terrible and horrible. I'm saying I care deeply about the perception of the football program. What's happened? He's embarrassing the football program. I said it in See, the, I, I the opening take. I don't... He has OU by the balls completely. And OU releasing that statement was pathetic. And I said it in the opening take. Bob Stoops came out and said, no one person is bigger than this program. And then three weeks later, they, really, uh, like they release a statement that completely contradicts that entire notion. Yeah, and, and I agree that was a weird look. Uh, I... Yeah. And I'm sorry, like I'm yeah, reading between right. the lines. They like, I think, I, th- I think the administration at OU is smart. I think Brent Venables and Joe C and Bob Stoops are smart. I think they know by by releasing that statement, maybe it does contradict that message that Bob Stoops is trying to put forth. So it makes me believe they know that if Caleb Williams leaves, a lot of people are going to follow him. They're trying to they're trying to save their roster. Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess maybe it's just it, – it comes down to um, – yeah, it, it's just I'm drinking, I'm drinking the Brent Venables Kool-Aid. I guess that's just what it comes down to. I mean, I get it. He's never been a head coach before. You know, I'm banking on him being really good, mostly because at this point he's overqualified to be a head coach. Uh, I mean, he's been an elite coordinator for, I mean, 20 years, and now he's going to be a head coach. So I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong, and, and he's not going to be good, and you know that would be terrible. That would suck. Hey, I, I think Brent Venables is going to be good. I do. I, I just I, I, I think you underrate, one, how Lincoln Riley and his previous staff kind of botched roster management near the end of his tenure, leaving what they currently have nowhere near as deep and as strong as probably we all think it is. And two, I just, I don't, like, I... There's plenty of stuff out there if you want to look that there's going to be a lot of people that follow Caleb Williams, not necessarily to the to the same school, but to the transfer portal. And the the the, the rumor is it's a lot of offensive skill position players. So like I just I'm there is a part of me that is concerned that OU is in uncharted territory. They have a completely new regime change plus no stability at quarterback. Like that is that's that's not a great recipe. And which is why I said they need to start stacking good decisions on top of each other. Because if they don't, it can easily, easily spiral. 
Sure, and I, I guess I'm just at the spot where I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm convinced, and, and it goes back to the Venables thing. And now these people they're adding on the defensive coaching staff. Like you mentioned, the Riley, you know, the roster. I just have a feeling that they're going to be a lot better with their roster and a lot better at developing players. Maybe they can develop a lot of these guys that maybe I, Riley. I, I and think these I think the chances didn't. of that are so? pretty good too. But honestly, none of that's going to matter if they don't have elite quarterback play. Okay. The, Sure, and if they lose Caleb Williams, they're going to have to start recruiting quarterbacks again, and that'll be the next thing. Great. Um, I mean, Clemson was able but to I guess, get... like, I just... Stability at the quarterback position from year to year is just so extremely important. Think about, like, th- this was before you were on the beat, Lee, but the 2014 season for OU was not good. Trevor Knight was really bad for them. They had no offense except just handing the ball off to Samaje Pirine. That was coupled with a bunch of, like kind of rumblings and inside stories that Bob Stoops didn't really have his fastball anymore and he didn't care as much. You know what? Do you know what you know what saved them from potentially f- falling further down? Baker Mayfield. Well, it wasn't who saved him it was Lincoln Riley changing the offense. That wasn't that the big issue? The offense wasn't good anymore. They needed a, a different offense and like Josh Heupel was there. But like I've heard I that mean, the, he wasn't able was, to run whatever he kind of was Trevor wandering. Knight wasn't any good. That was the issue. And neither really was Blake Bell. But I mean, Lincoln Riley and comes of course, in. Like, of course, Lincoln Riley coming in and changing the offense helped. But like, I mean, Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Presumably, he would have been pretty good anywhere. Yeah. I, no, you're right. I guess like I'm, I'm banking a lot on like I, I always kind of just thought that like they, they clearly needed an offensive change. And like when Riley came in there and changed everything up, I mean, who knows? Who knows if Baker would have been able to strive somewhere else? I mean, that... I mean, he was, he was I'm saying, good at we Texas saw, Tech, right? But he, he got hurt, and then he... We saw Trevor early. Knight in, in, a, in, a high leverage, in a high leverage situation in that offense in that 2015 season. In the last three quarters of the game against TCU after Baker got hurt. And he was terrible. He was awful. Hmm. That's one game. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that... So yeah, they... But okay, you, I, you do bring up a good point. I, I, like, I don't... I don't want to come on here and be like, yeah, the sky is falling. And if you don't agree with me, you're crazy. Um, it's just right. Yeah, I guess like right now, I just don't really want to hear from the people who are just like, ah, it'll be fine because it's, 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 it's a faith based thing. I don't understand. Like, it, yes, it's, it's a faith based thing based off of Brent Venables and the staff he's putting together. And I, I mean. I want to see like and until I see otherwise, like with my eyes that, oh, this doesn't work, then I just don't think there's any point in getting worked up about it because I, I like what they have. I mean, I, I really think a big part of it. And I've said this before since Venables came here and Riley left. I, I, I put culture up there way higher than maybe a lot of people. I think that's going to I mean, you hope that the culture changes big time and they're a lot tougher. And I think I'm hoping that that will equal just a lot more wins in general. Like it doesn't, doesn't concern you just all a little bit. I mean, just, and maybe I'm putting way too much stock in just one statement being released, but man, that flies in the face of everything that Brent Venables was talking about with culture and like wanting guys here who care about football first and just want to work and be, and be here. Like, it's just, it's like, I just, the guy it's it's Caleb Williams is very clearly not all in. Can we agree with that right now? Well, of course he's not all in. He's in the transfer portal. <laughs> like, okay, so we can agree with that. I, I think it's a good argument. I think it would be a good idea for Oklahoma to acknowledge that. If he's not all in on January 3rd, what are the chances he's going to be all in on January 17th? Like, really low. Not good. What what can OU present to him that is not already clear? That's not already there. At this point, he's, wa- you, he's he's waiting. He's waiting for something better to come along. Well, that's the thing. At, at this point, you're you're hoping that when he goes out there and looks around, he realizes that the grass really isn't greener. And he's like, oh, this, there's really not that many other good options. That's oh, I guess I my my point would be he already knows what the other options are. Well, you would think, yeah. I mean, I I can, he'll go like I'm sure he'll go visit places and actually sit on campus. But if it's about development and the offense he's running. That's all information he knows already. It has to be. Yeah, and so that's that's the question. I mean, he, you know, the where is he looking? You know, to because he there was a tweet out by I want to say Pete Thamel. I'll find it. Uh, quoting 
quoting uh, Caleb's dad. And so this is from Pete Thamel on Twitter. He says, Carl Williams, father of Caleb Williams, tells Yahoo Sports that the family has followed the NCAA process. His son, quote, doesn't have a destination picked out. He's wide open. And he stressed that preparing his son to be an NFL quarterback is going to be the most important factor. His dad also went on to say, quote, professional development. We want Caleb to be ready to play when he becomes a pro. You go to college to get prepared for your career. His chosen career path is professional football. We want him to be prepared for when that time comes, end quote. And so the best way to read that is that he, they're not fully convinced that Jeff Lebby and that offense is going to fully prepare him for being a NFL quarterback. And so the question then is, who out there, who out there, uh, who needs a quarterback, fits that mold? Obviously, you got Lincoln Riley at USC, the guy he came to play for. Uh, is he going to go play for Lincoln Riley? If he, if the number one thing he cares about is development and not necessarily like winning. I hope so. That would be, that would make the 2022 season way more entertaining. That's the, I mean, I guess like Riley's got the skins on the wall. He's got Baker Mayfield. He's got Kyler and he's got Jalen up there. So sure. Didn't recruit a single one of those guys. And yeah, I mean, Spencer Rattler's not going to be there at least underneath, uh, Riley's tutelage. He might be there underneath Shane Beamer's tutelage. And, uh, Who's uh, the the offensive coordinator of South South Carolina's got a Matt Rule background, uh, so you know Rattler's not going to necessarily be there under Riley. So where else? Uh, I mean, there's been some rumblings. I know that like a month ago when Joe Brady got fired, I saw there was a report that there was mutual interest between potentially Joe Brady and Miami with Cristobal. But there hasn't been any other stories on that front since like a month ago. And I mean, the whole thing with Joe Brady is like you know like oh we've heard that he doesn't really want to go back to college. Uh, I mean, and I know that Brady and Caleb Williams, I think, had a relationship in the recruiting process, I believe. So, I mean, if let's say we, we come and we see a report that Joe Brady is joining the Miami staff, that could be a, fa- a, a signal that, oh, OK, maybe maybe Caleb Williams is going to Miami now, because obviously Joe Brady has uh, Joe Burrow. <laughs> A pretty big skin on the wall right now, even though he was only with them for that's what, a massive one skin on the wall. Joe Burrow was bad and then is awesome now yeah so that is it's a huge skin yeah so i mean that would be something to look you know if that news story breaks in the next week that miami is looking to hire joe brady as the oc then i'll be honest like i'd be thinking oh that's gonna probably be where uh where caleb williams goes just because of joe burrow and uh i mean it kind of makes you cringe to think that you're gonna go play for mario cristobal after he underutilized justin herbert but Joe Brady would be in full control of that offense, you would expect. Uh, so there's that. I mean, other than those two, I mean, I know that like I've heard, like I've I've heard like Maryland because like he's kind of from the D.C. area, but Mike Loxley, I don't just because that that's close to home. Uh, Mike's, I don't know if Mike Loxley a, has like a, a has an amazing reputation amongst like that community. So, but I don't know if he has an amazing reputation about developing guys for the pros. So, I mean, I don't even know if that's a legitimate destination for him i just i've seen people connect the dots because he's from that area i just that doesn't seem to make much sense though and then i saw a tweet today from i believe a georgia here we go rusty manzel recruiting analyst 247 sports for georgia and that's uh, this is monday by the way january 30 says he's not hearing much traction at all from georgia and caleb williams early buzz i continue to hear is at usc this will go a million directions in the next 24 hours, but I've heard nothing to say he ends up at Georgia. Again, that's Rusty Manziel. Uh, he's a 247 sports recruiting analyst for Georgia. Uh, and you know, that Georgia was one of the, the schools I brought up last week. Like, hey, like, why not Georgia? Like, what's like, why wouldn't he maybe go there? But I mean, this guy it seems like he's pretty plugged in. He's not, at least right now, he's not here in Georgia. My feeling is that's where he ends up, Georgia. Um, not, no, that's just intuition. That's just a feeling. Um, he wouldn't hear anything on Georgia's side right now. They're trying to win a national championship in a week. And, I mean, Georgia, professional development, sure. I mean, Todd Munkin's there. He's coaching the NFL. Heck, did he coach? Uh, he coached Baker for a year, I think. I think he, yes, he was I there so. when Freddie Kitchens was there, I think. So, I mean, okay. And, obviously, Jeff Lebby has two years under his belt with Matt Corral, who's going to get drafted. His draft stock, let's see if it takes a hit now because he got injured. 
But, I mean, Jeff Levy's going to have an NFL quarterback under his belt here. I mean, we don't know how good Corral's going to be. But, uh, I mean, it's certainly not Joe Burrow, and it's certainly not Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts like Lincoln Riley has. So, I mean, if that's really the main factor, uh, and sure, I suppose Oklahoma is kind of like trailing those like again if that's the main thing and again like honestly if if like winning a, like a national title in, in this the next two years is not really factor in sure like i guess it makes sense but then again if it is then georgia would make the most sense of all of those if not maybe miami if joe brady goes there uh because then that would probably make their offense pretty good and i i'm not sure what they would do on defense but uh i mean because crystal ball is an offensive guy offensive line guy but yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I mean, I, my question is when we're going to find out. Is this going to be something we learn in a week? Uh, at the end of Caleb Williams' tweet, he said he's going to take the next couple of days. Let's see. I'm going to take a few days off to decompress and relax with my family. But thank you again, everyone, for all the love and support. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you know, you and I are just completely opposite ends of the spectrum here. Uh, it, it just... When we don't know for sure something, I tend to kind of just float. I kind of just float because I, I, I want to wait to see what happens. And also, I don't have the scars of really 2011 to 2014 because I wasn't watching much OU football back then when they were kind of, you know, when they were winning, what was it, eight games a year. <laughs> or, you know, going eight and four, nine and five or whatever it was. So, all right, what else we got? What else in Caleb? Um... No, I mean, like, I, I think it's, I think it's perfectly reasonable for you to be like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm gonna wait till everything plays out. I guess, yeah, my, just, yeah, the, the, my, my, my side, like, my side of my brain is, is just looking at all of the very clear evidence that he's, he's telling us he's leaving, like, and it's, and like, I just, I don't appreciate the, the insincere, yes, Oklahoma is a, is a possibility when it's not. Um, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me all right well yeah again you uh and like i don't think he's i I, like i don't think he is like intentionally lying and trying to like hurt it's not what he's trying to do he's he he is just he's trying to do whatever he can so people like him more that's it it's the same deal as go back to the breakup breaking up with someone and saying you're great and it's me not you it's the exact same exact same thing so let's just do a hypothetical though because you know you like to it's a podcast you can do hypotheticals you know like your sky is falling it's gonna be terrible oklahoma could be at a a really dark spot whereas oh actually that's something i want to before we get to the hypothetical i do want to discuss that i have all you know once lincoln riley left you know year one of venables or whoever the new coach is going to be we thought we texted about this earlier it was always going to kind of be just like a, a year with not really any expectations. And obviously, you keep a Caleb Williams. How, did, did I say that? No, no, no. This is from my perspective. It's from my perspective. Uh, because it's the first year of somebody. And obviously, if you keep a lot of the same players from a really good team, then you kind of hope that things are going to go well. But it's a new system, and you kind of like, whatever. So, like, year one, in my mind, it with Caleb Williams, with Adam, it's kind of like a wash anyways. Like, they weren't going to probably be a national title contender either way. I mean, they definitely have a better shot with Caleb Williams and the rest of those players. Uh, but, you know, first-year head coaches, and for, like, it's just kind of like historically, I don't know if you can really expect that to, to translate into something big. Granted, I do think Britt Venables should be, should be better than a traditional first-year head coach because of his experience. I mean, I, I, could argue, I could argue kind of the situation that Brent Venables was coming in was – unprecedented in the modern era a coach like Lincoln Riley leaving the roster that he had leaving the program that he had to go somewhere else that's never happened I think yeah you cut out for a second I heard uh the situation Brent Venables was coming in was gonna what oh yeah yeah so the yeah the the situation that Brent Venables is coming into is kind of unprecedented nobody like in the modern era Nobody like Lincoln Riley has ever left the roster that he had, the program that he had, to go somewhere else. That's never happened before. Yeah. Yeah. So like we don't have anything so to compare I, I guess, it to. Like in my mind, and like, like and yeah, my mind year one was going to be kind of like, all right, let's see what happens here. Like Lincoln Riley's gone. 
whatever. Kind of preparing then. All right, this for year two because hey, you know. Like, but really though, like, can I mean, do you actually believe that if they would, if if they brought back Caleb Williams and essentially all of their skill position players and other guys on the offensive line? You would have been like, eh, yeah, it's just it's kind of a trial year with that. Well, no, no, like I, I would hope that like, it, no be way. Really good. I mean, you, but either you're way, going, like they would the clear favorites to win the Big Twelve, and if they're the clear favorites to win the Big Twelve, then it's not a crazy jump to say that you would like them to be a serious yeah, I, playoff I mean, contender. Yeah, we're if, if this seems weird on the podcast, where our connection's going in and out for some reason, uh, Zoom is not being. Not being good for us tonight. I don't know. You know, it could be our connection too. Um, now, in my mind, it's just like, year one was going to be kind of whatever. Like best case scenario, yeah, if all those guys stay, sure, it could be great. But if it, even if it's not, whatever. Uh, year two, let's see what happens. Going to the SEC, maybe. And uh, yeah, I don't know. <coughs> it's going to be fun. I'm just, I'm, I'm totally bought in on. I'm just excited to see what this team looks like without. Uh, like without the, I mean, Lincoln Riley's a great coach. I just want to see what this team looks like kind of without his leadership and the leadership of a guy like Brent Venables, who's got that experience, has that hard-nosed toughness, game plans week-to-week, opponent-to-opponent. Uh, it, it seemed like, you know, with Lincoln, it was always like, I'm going to run my, my stuff, and maybe I'll prep, maybe I'll have a couple wrinkles here and there, but, man. Ugh. Like, I'm excited. I, I'm excited about that, too. Like I and I mean, if the roster is decimated, a part of it is going to be fun trying to like work and piece that thing together and and figure out like that will be fun. But also, I would really prefer not to suffer the consequences of a depleted roster. <laughs> like it's, well, sure. I would I would much rather given the option to win and win a lot, and like that and what Caleb Williams is doing makes that way less likely. All right. Uh, okay. And it's also it's new. It's totally new. Like this is not, this is not something that has, what Caleb Williams is doing. This has never happened in college football history. A player of that of that high profile of a player, because how Lincoln Riley left has never happened in college football history, really. And now he's out on the portal, and he's eligible right away, and he's going to be paid millions of dollars wherever he goes. Like this is totally uncharted territory. It's just yeah. I mean, he, he could. So it's like you got that, and you got mi- like mixed with like the the extreme change in college football. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm fired up. Like it's just not. It's yeah. It's it's definitely not the world that I want to be in currently. All right. Well, here you go, Grant. I'm uh, perusing Twitter, and we got some breaking podcast news on Twitter that. Uh, well, uh, we we may have already gotten our our uh, Caleb Williams decision without getting it. This is according to Chris Hummer, National College Football Writer and Transfer Portal Guy for 247 Sports on Twitter. And he says, UCLA transfer commit Dylan Gabriel has flipped to Oklahoma. And Brandon Drum apparently reported it first. So good for Brandon Drum at 247. Uh. And so that might be all we need to know that Oklahoma is convinced that Caleb Williams is out the door. Uh, wow, this is interesting. We're podcasting right as that comes out. Uh, and so Dylan Gabriel was Kudos, always... The, hey. What? Kudos to OU for moving on and going to get their guy literally the same day. It being Dylan Gabriel is a huge oof for me. I, I don't like it. I don't think he's very good. Um, We'll see what happens. So... Uh, I don't know enough about Dylan Gabriel. I guess I'll go back, go back and watch a bunch of a bunch of his tape now. He's small and inaccurate. That's pretty much all you need to know. Doesn't turn it over a lot, but he's small and not very accurate. Well, he's also a guy that played at UCF without the kind of talent around him that you would hope that Oklahoma can get. Uh, and he's a guy that was always that I'd always heard if Caleb Williams left, this is the guy that Jeff Lebby wanted. And it would, you know, we're just we're kind of putting all the pieces together here and it would you know if yeah i don't know i mean it's boy i was my hypothetical by the way that i was trying to get to before that popped up on twitter i saw was going to be so hypothetically what if uh caleb williams comes back Grant? what do you think <laughs> but uh this probably won't happen um now it's going to be boy i mean if well obviously if, if caleb williams does decide to come back that would be 
great drama. I don't know what that would mean. Well, no, I mean, that's not. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. Dylan Gabriel is your starter against Kent State next year to open the season. <laughs> weird. That's super weird. Um, uh, I, you know, hey, I, I, appreciate, I, I, I appreciate Dylan Gabriel choosing OU for sure. Like, you know, I hope, obviously, I hope he's really successful. Um, I, th- I think he, he, he puts, puts a ceiling on the offense quite a bit. All right, let me just look at his stats again. I looked at these stats like a month ago whenever I learned that he was a guy that Jeff Levy was, in, you know, coached and was interested in. Let's see. Did he he must have gotten injured this season. He didn't play much this year. Yeah, he got hurt I think in the third or fourth So this fourth season game. he only played in 3 games. And uh Actually, he in the 3 games he played in this year obviously without Levy. Uh, he was having a good season. Granted, I don't know who he played against. I guess I'll look at his game log. So, yes, so he played against uh, Boise State, Bethune-Cookman, and Louisville. And it uh, looks like he played full all three of those games. And for the first, the first three games of the year, he was completing 68% of his passes, had nine touchdowns, three picks, a 159 QB rating, and um, not much of a runner. He averaged five yards per carry, but I'm not sure how much of a runner he is. I had two rushing touchdowns. This was this past season, and I don't know if you're Googling him at all. Did he get injured at all? He had to have gotten hurt. Yeah, he definitely got hurt. I I can't remember what it was. Uh, He broke his collarbone. Broke his collarbone late in the Louisville loss, and the Louisville game happened on September 17th. So I'm not sure how long a collarbone takes to rehab, but uh, hopefully it's it's not a you know something that he can he can get over with and it'd be great if he's available for spring ball because he's going to need all the reps obviously he can get uh and so yeah this will be our homework over the offseason watching some dylan gabriel in 2020 to your point he only completed 60 percent of his passes but his touchdown interception ratio grant pretty darn good last year 32 to 4 pretty darn good um He's not a not much of a runner though. Not a, he only had 169 yeah, he's yards just, rushing. I mean, he's last just year. he's so he's not really a running quarterback, he's be which is thoroughly interesting. I know could move the ball, could run it a little bit. Um, QB rating, his QB rating, uh, 156. It's it's that's right around what Matt Corral's was this past year. Interesting uh, from 2020. So uh, interesting, man. We've got some live podcasts breaking news here i'm glad we did this this is fun and they need to uh they need to get to work they need dudes around him he's not you know i i it's i don't think he's going to be a guy who elevates anybody so they need to put some dudes around him and dylan gabriel has tweeted uh his ou commitment and stuff and jeff levy's also tweeted at dylan gabriel so this is a thing now guys um boy oh boy very very interesting wow well, now the question is, he, where the heck is Caleb Williams going to throw go? any apologies my and, way for, uh, uh, for questioning well, my take? That one tweet I mentioned about Georgia, the, the Georgia guy, he said he's been hearing, his, his rumors have been hearing more USC. I'll be honest with you. I kind of hope he goes to USC because that would be consistent with his actions. He went to Oklahoma because of Lincoln Riley. And if he goes to USC, it will be because of Lincoln Riley. And That'll show that he decided to play college football for Lincoln Riley. So, you have any thoughts on that? No. No, I mean, yeah. If he goes to USC, that'll make that'll make a really nice villain for the twenty twenty two season. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun for us to watch. Bruce Feldman tweets: Former UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel, who is expected to begin classes at UCLA today, announces that he's heading to Oklahoma instead. A follow-up to today's big Caleb Williams transfer portal news. Whew, okay. Um, so Dylan Gabriel's tweet says, they say life's a gamble like rolling the dice. Dime time. Conspiracy theory. He doesn't really know if Caleb Williams is leaving yet. He just saw that he, answered the, he entered the portal and he, he assumes he's leaving, so he decided to flip his commitment. But Caleb Williams still could come back and, and take the job from him. Boom, conspiracy theory, uh, sunshine pumper take by me. What do you think? Reaction. Um, 
I I think it's probably a little. <laughs> my guess is, I just man, I don't know. I I I hate it. It's all just. A part of me thinks that OU probably told Caleb Williams, "Hey man, we you're putting us in a bad spot. You need to make a decision." Um, and him and it it maybe they gave him the the deadline of today because Dylan Gabriel was supposed to start classes today. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. You know, we we've uh, you've lampooned that statement by Castiglione and Venables, and I agree that was a weird look considering what they had been preaching the last month about how Oklahoma's you know, bigger than one person. So I'm with you on that. But it's interesting that they would send that out, which is was definitely them making a, a plea for Caleb Williams. And if, if you're right that they, you know, in the last three hours, because I think that came out in the last three hours or so with Caleb going to the portal, that statement, if they would have came out in the last three hours and been like, hey, listen, Caleb, uh, sorry, we gotta, we're bringing in Dalen Gabriel. Like, we're moving on from you or something like that. I just don't know how that would make any sense. Because, I mean, again, as of, I guess I'll get the, the actual timestamp of that tweet, that uh, the Venables and Joe C. statement. That was at 3.13 p.m. And as we record this, it's about 7 o'clock. So about four hours ago, OU was still happy to say, hey, Caleb, we're, we would like you to be here. Uh, it, is it possible that this is uh, Dylan Gabriel seeing that well, he's in the portal? And he's like, you know what? I think, I think Caleb's probably gone. Even though there's nothing official yet, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip. That could be it. I, I mean, sure, but is that plausible? No, like not at all. How is that not plausible? Why would Dylan Gar- Why would he do that? Well, in his mind, he's like you. He he assumes Williams is gone. You know, heck, maybe he knows Caleb Williams. Maybe Caleb Williams texts him. Hey, and man, so I'm he's just here. gonna do a shot in the dark without being absolutely sure that he's OU starting quarterback next year. I mean, his tweet said life's a gamble, you know, <laughs> or something to that effect. Oh, boy. Um, all right. Well, we'll have plenty of time to go over Dylan Gabriel tape from, from the 2020 season. And I guess I am thoroughly not excited about that. Um, but see, I'm, I, I, I will ride or die with Dylan Gabriel for sure. So, yeah, but. he's not a guy that I'm super excited about either, but. The fact that this is a guy that Jeff Lebby wanted, like I know for a fact that Dylan Gabriel, I mean, obviously, you know, if Caleb Williams wasn't going to be the guy, this is this is a dude that Jeff Lebby definitely wanted to bring over to OU or wherever he got a job. Like if he wherever he got a, you know, a different OC job, heck, he could have probably tried to get Gabriel to come to Ole Miss with uh, Corral going like I know that he's a big Gabriel guy, so I mean, does that mean that he's going to be a great player? I don't know. No, doesn't doesn't guarantee that. But I kind of like knowing that Jeff Lebby is getting the guy that he wanted all along. And it makes me think that that I mean, he's he's a guy that's not going to need a bunch of time to learn the offense. He's going to know it. Played for Jeff Lebby at UCF. So, I mean, your quarterback already knows the offense. Is there any part of you? Is there any part of you? And I think we we've kind of already talked about this off recording, but um, and maybe I'm just living into the moment. I, I just I am concerned by how terrible Ole Miss looked on offense against Baylor. Yeah. It didn't really look like they had a plan. See, I didn't watch the game close enough to really have much of a take on that. And I I think it's fair to say, well, Matt Corral, you know, if he would have played a full game, I'd have more of a, a take on it. Granted, his pick he threw was awful, awful, awful pick. I just thought I thought a lot of that offense was about taking easy yards. Taking what the and they couldn't nothing was easy for them against Baylor. Yeah, no, it's not a great look. Um, I'd like to think that you can't take a lot from it, but that would be you know the the po- the positive optimistic thought process. Um, I again, I didn't watch the game that closely offensively, and then like once Corral comes out and he's calling plays from a fresh a freshman quarterback, and it's like well, but the, I mean I guess you know that that th- that's why I'm happy that. Kale Gundy and Bill Biedenboe are still at OU. I hope they have a lot of influence on the offense. I really do. Sure. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm it's it's like one of those things that once once you know that Caleb's not going to be back and you know very likely a lot of skill position guys are going to follow, I it it takes away a lot of my confidence in Jeff Lebby right away. Because it really is a reboot on offense. 
yeah well we'll see we shall see um all right before we you know we wrap things up let's let's talk about some of the good news though in the day and the todd bates news coming to oklahoma and actually i think i saw on twitter as i'm perusing i think todd bates tweeted out an official thing where he's with brent venables and now i want to just make sure that this is a real thing that i didn't just imagine yeah so todd bates tweeted out this evening a picture uh of him and venables and it looks like let's see i'm gonna guess who's in this photo i'm gonna guess this is brandon hall the new safeties coach and maybe is that maybe chavis the the dn's coach maybe i don't know if you're on twitter if you can look but it's uh it says Boomer Sooner. So Todd Bates looks like that's official going to OU. And so uh, the thing is, Oklahoma's going to the SEC, Grant. And they're going to the SEC now with, from what we have heard, is one of the premier defensive line coaches in college football and recruiters. And on the other side of the ball, they got Bill Biedenboe still, who is considered to be one of the best offensive line coaches in college football. That's not bad at all it's good stuff it's very good it's awesome um we talk about making good decisions and stacking them on top of each other todd bates coming here is i mean i i think i think that's a bigger hire than jeff levy i think that's a more important hire than jeff levy um that's a guy who's been in the arena man and has won against sec guys going after the the biggest fishes in the pond so i think that's a big deal um I, yeah, I, I'm feeling I'm feeling much more, and he's uh, you know him getting the code DC title as well. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think um, I think was, OU is man. I think OU is going to be really good on that side of the ball. Code DC though, I mean our our guy Ted Roof, what the heck? He can't just take the job. And, uh. <laughs> uh man, he. But no, yeah, I think uh, that job I think for, OU is going to be really yeah. good on that side of the ball eventually. What I told you, I I, I do think they're probably. Like there's a real chance their defense is not good at all next year. Um, like I, I think it may take two or three years for Venables and that staff to actually get what they want there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I obviously Todd Bates is a is is a great hire. So um, God, there's so much. I so much crap has gone down today. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go back to it. it's. It's hard for me to. I I I think Todd Bates is a good hire. It's hard for me to sit here and talk a lot about Todd Bates after we just had the whole Caleb Williams thing, and now that we know that Dylan Gabriel is their freaking starting quarterback next year, it's just it's that's a lot of information to just kind of process and all at once. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the Todd Bates thing is is great. Um. We, at a later date, we can kind of go over the skins on his wall. Uh, he was the I think rivals uh, recruiter of the year in like either 2019 or 2020. Um, he joined Clemson in 2017, so he hadn't been there as long as I thought. He's only been he had only been there since 2017, uh, but uh, he was named recruiting coordinator in 2019. So you know, like this is a guy that you would hope can start bringing in and help bring Oklahoma bring in those guys on the defensive line that they just haven't been able to get as many. And and weirdly, Oklahoma. Pardon me, Oklahoma defensive line-wise has not been that bad. I mean, the last couple of years, um, they've been getting some guys, but here you kind of hope they get get those guys on the extra level. Uh, Jay Valai reportedly going to Oklahoma as the cornerbacks coach. Obviously, Alabama's still in the playoff, so uh, I'd expect, I mean, I'm going to guess that we're not going to get anything official on that until Bama's done, but for all intents and purposes, it looks like that's probably going to happen unless something happens, you know, out of nowhere. But, you know, you get a guy from you know, Alabama, that'd be great. He's had multiple head uh, – I almost said head coaching jobs. He's had multiple coaching jobs and multiple teams, though. So he's one of those guys that, that's jumped around quite a bit. I mean, he's, he's younger than me. He's 33. Um, so it makes you kind of wonder, is he a guy that's going to come to Oklahoma for a year and then split? I don't know. But uh, I guess that's another pl- a person that we'll learn more about as time goes on. Do you have any thoughts on him? Oddly, I watched um, like a couple weeks ago. I just I randomly watched the old um, the classic Rose Bowl between TCU and Wisconsin from 2010, the 2010 season. I was with uh, what's his Andy Dalton was was TCU starting quarterback. Um, Jay Valai was one of Wisconsin's starting safeties in that game. Yeah, he was a a great Big Ten player, I think. 
Gosh. I don't have anything I don't have anything like to add to that, but I just thought it was an interesting. <laughs> he has played college football before. So yeah, we'll we'll be able to add more on Javali later. Uh, I guess lastly, they added another running back to their recruiting class. So you know, you got Gavin Sachuk, who looking a nice player out of Colorado, number one player out of, out of Colorado. But getting Javante Barnes, who's a player that I know a lot of other podcasts that you know dive more into recruiting have probably talked about him a lot more than we have. But I think you mentioned him once or twice, kind of before signing day. Uh, this is a pretty big get, right, Grant? I mean, because he picked OU over. I think Bama, USC, I mean, he's a pretty highly rated four-star running back. And so, I mean, with the fact that Oklahoma is losing you know, Kennedy Brooks and they've been, I mean, they were super thin at running back this past season. They needed as many blue chippers as they can get. So I don't, I haven't watched this tape yet. I don't know what he looks like. Have you seen any video of him? He doesn't have any. So he does not have any recent tape. His most recent tape online is from his sophomore year. So I I have I have no idea. I'll just take on this one. You just got You kind of got to just take Demarco Murray's word for it, I guess. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. I mean, all these guys are going to have great chances to play a lot of snaps next year. Um, I think uh, we were talking off air before. Like you think, especially now, it looks like Caleb Williams is going to be out the door. Uh, I think you saw maybe there's rumblings that Eric Gray might be a guy that goes to the portal. I just don't. I mean, I don't know why he'd go to the portal. He's in he's in a spot to have a a, a huge role for OU next season, and like that would make a, a third school for him to go to. I feel like that would be super annoying. But uh, I mean, all right. Like I, in my mind, Eric Gray should be coming back no matter what. But you know, if he leaves, yeah. I mean, they need all these blue chip guys, and, and you know, Marcus Major is going to be the most, you know. Um, veteran running back on their roster i mean with that i mean like yeah i mean like i i agree that it makes sense for eric ray to come back but it doesn't make a lick of sense for caleb williams to leave so and that's happening anyway well if he doesn't think jeff levy's offense is going to get him to the nfl then i guess he's going to leave uh because like you know he's got that you know the art briles baylor background but then again i mean he's also coached for kiffin the last couple of seasons lane kiffin's had plenty of nfl experience you would think that there's some more principles that can help develop a quarterback that Levy's learned from Lane Kiffin. He's going to learn some stuff from Kale Gundy and Biedenboe and the rest of the – so, I mean – but, hey, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. It's, not, it's out of our hands. It's out of Oklahoma's hands. And uh, we'll see no, whenever – you know, we'll see when he I'm, makes his decision. I'm really happy – I'm really happy OU went and took care of it literally today. Like that – I mean, that that definitely tracks – I mean, that, that's what I said in my opening take. I said, move on now, right now. And they did. They did literally an hour after I recorded the thing. So, I mean, that makes me happy. That gives me a lot more confidence for the future. It really does. All right. Let's see. Anything else going on, man? I feel like uh, I'm glad I'm on Twitter as we record this. Normally, I'm kind of like off and on because we have a a rundown we have a lot of notes and everything like that so i'm not really dialed into the social media aspect of it but there's been a lot of stuff going on that's helped us with this podcast um i think now like we're just waiting we're waiting for the fallout who is who's going to leave along with caleb williams um and hey, this this is speculation i think it's informed speculation i think marvin mims is almost certainly gone um just by with his just his utterly bizarre statement in the in the media for the Alamo Bowl when somebody asked if he was going to be back next year and he just said he would really like to be yeah that I mean, was uh yeah that was a very confusing statement I think it's because, pretty easy to because I pretty easy to put the pieces together there because I, I think some people might have thought you know either when they first heard it or they read a quote that they thought that he said that he was coming back but I remember when I first listened to it I had to go back and, and re-listen to it again because he like hedged he didn't it, it was a very weird quote and it, it definitely wasn't him saying, I'm coming back next year. It was, you know, I... Same sirens that went off when Lincoln Riley said, come on, you know how I feel about this place, guys. <laughs> he didn't answer the question. Yeah, Mims could be gone. Uh, I know uh, Brandon Drum tweeted on Monday that uh, we shouldn't be shocked to see Mario Williams in the portal next because he came in with, uh, He's definitely with Caleb Williams. He's definitely gone. Jillo Farouk is going to be gone. Here's the thing about Mario Williams, and I'm not sure how much you know about this. I'm going to give credit to my coworker, Brett Kopenbarger, who's a News 9 sports producer. He's made the, the comment 
a couple of times whenever Mario's come up in the last month about, you know, is he tied to Caleb or whatever? Uh, I think Brett's mentioned that Mario is also a baseball player. And yeah, no, I'm I'm factoring that into I. For the life of me, I don't under I don't know why that would be a factor whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, because obviously Oklahoma with Kyler Murray showed that hey man, we can make it work. We can make it work. You can play both. Uh, granted, that was with Kyler Murray, a generational talent, a quarterback, and Mario's really good too. He's a wide receiver though. I don't. I mean, how many different programs are going to be able to make it work? Baseball, football. I don't know. I just I just don't know that. Um, but with him, you know, Mario Williams is a guy too who who committed to OU without even taking a visit. Um, I thought he was going to be, regardless of what Caleb Williams did, I thought he was going to be a threat to transfer anyway after year one. So um, yeah, I, I think I think guys who guys who I feel pretty safely saying who are going to be gone are Mims, Williams, and Farouk for sure. Um, it's hey man, it's going to be Theo East and Drake Stoop season next year, man. They're going to get a lot of balls. Uh, all right. I think that's all I have. Um, boy, we'll see what else comes out this week. Um, quite a one of the more interesting podcasts we've done. I don't think news like that is actually broke during our podcast. Like news that big really ever. Um, all right. So. <clears throat> I, I just I'm trying to figure out how I'm gonna how I'm gonna close this out. I, I'm kind of at a loss for words. Um, our next I podcast. Know, I kind of wanna. What's that? I was gonna say yeah. I uh, to end it end it on a on a sort of a dour note, a cynical note. I this is this is the most down in the dumps about OU football I think I've ever been. Oh wow. Uh, well, not me. Um, there's been some horrible losses, and uh, I just remember those. I mean. I mean, I, it was a national title game, but man, that loss to USC when they just got curb stomped. Oh, that was awful. That was horrible. The Kansas State Big 12 title game loss. Man, the last like down in the dumps, like I was just like, this is ridiculous. When they got destroyed by Clemson the year before Riley got there and Baker got there. Like what a disaster. I'm glad they had Baker Mayfield on their roster to stabilize everything. Well, at the time they didn't have him. Wait, no, did they? Oh, was he there yet? Yes, yeah, they, they certainly did. He was there. He was on the scout team. Oh, he was on the scout team that year? Well, he should have done a better Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I even remember too that year. It was like all it was like uh it was almost kind of like a it turned into like a message board like almost like like crap posts where people were saying, Hey, like I'm hearing that Mayfield is gonna be the starter next year and he's like dominating, he's, am- he's amazing. And a lot of people were just like, Yeah, okay, man. Okay, yeah, the guy from Texas Tech who had to walk on. And then, yeah, during the summer, you start hearing it a lot more, and then he gets he gets like announced like three weeks before the opening game, and it's just like, oh, geez. I wonder with Jeff Lebby, I wonder if there's going to be ridiculous quarterback competitions with air quotes where he pretends like the obvious guy is not the starter. I wonder if we're going to get that with him if it gets to that point. I mean, probably not. I mean, that'll be – ah, jeez, man, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't even. I don't even know who's going to be on the roster tomorrow. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, okay. I do have one one thing that can close this podcast out. Last episode, <clears throat> I asked you guys listening because we were discussing, you know, our thoughts between uh, you know recruits coming to the school because they they want to be at the school, or uh, you know, like compared to like oh they're coming to the school because of coaches and like. Uh, like you feel one way about it, I feel another way about it because I just, I really just don't think a lot of fans are thinking like, oh, I, I love that guy because he goes to class with me, and I just, I think people just go to a school, and then that's the the football team, and they root for the football team. That's just, but you kind of have more of a deeper meaning. So I asked listeners based off of that, reach out if you have any thoughts. Like where do you come down? And uh, we did have one guy that tweeted at me at Lee Benson News Nine, Glenn. So thank you, Glenn, for reaching out. And Glenn says, regarding recruits, I feel like Grant, but no, it's a fantasy. I don't blame Caleb if he goes. He may love OU and all that goes and all that goes with Oklahoma, but in the end, he has to do what he believes is best for himself. 
So uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of both of like how you and I feel. Uh, but I appreciate, Glenn, you reaching out. And uh, Yeah, I guess I don't. Caleb Williams does not love OU. <laughs> All right. We'll be back uh, at some point with another episode to talk probably about um, maybe where Caleb Williams is going um, or something else. I don't know. But uh, hopefully you enjoyed this somewhat emergency podcast with breaking news in the middle of it. All right, until next time, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.